welcome to Slayer Fest 98. I'm Kirsten White. And I'm Ian Carlos Crawford. Hi, Kirsten. Hi, Ian. <sighs> We're here to talk about Welcome to the Hellmouth and the Harvest 25th anniversary because we are very old. Um, <laughs> but I'm going to introduce our two wonderful guests. Uh, first up, we have staff writer for comicbook.com and co-host of Phase Zero and Hollywood Already Did It. It's Jamie Jirak. Hello. Hi, Jamie. <laughs> um, and we also have one of my Twitter boyfriends and annoying homosexual lawyer. I'm Doug Schlarman. Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Um, you both, I'm so glad you're both here. Uh, I, by making these, I'm not stressing about our 25th anniversary recordings, but I do want to try to have new people on. Uh, so y'all can tell us your Buffy origins. Jamie, do you want to give us your Buffy origin first? Oh my gosh. I'd love to talk about my Buffy origin. Cause I remember it so well. <laughs> uh, I was 11 years old. I was in sixth grade and, uh, I saw a commercial for the season six premiere. And I had no idea what, what it was, but I, I was like, whoa, that looks dope. Somebody's getting resurrected and uh, there's some cool stuff happening in a graveyard. So I, I, I watched it and, uh, and I was like, and I was changed forever. It did not take me long to get my hands on every episode. Uh, I remember watching the first season in my great aunt's house. I, uh, at that time, DVDs were starting to come out. So I would, you know, collected all the DVDs. And I think by the time, you know, the show ended, I had seen it all uh, multiple times. Uh, but uh, it, it was uh, it was season six. And then the beauty of that was by eighth grade was uh, the fifth season of Angel, which is my favorite season of television. And every Thursday, I would come into class and my teach my science teacher and I would have a powwow and we would discuss the new episodes of Angel. Uh, I was very cool. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and now it's I mean, it's still my favorite show. I've got a, a pretty cool Illyria tattoo. I've got a mutant enemy tattoo. I I have plans for a dark willow tattoo, but the Illyria one hurts so mm. bad that I've been at that spot on the other side. I keep putting it off. Uh, but God. Yeah. And I can confirm it is fucking cool. <laughs> Jamie DM'd it. That was like my favorite DM slide I've gotten was you just like showing me a picture of your Illyria tattoo. It's super detailed too. Yeah. I was like, I, I can be on your podcast. I swear I have cred. Here's my cred. <laughs> <laughs> not that I ever ask for that. I don't yeah, want anyone to think no. I'm ever like vetting. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> okay, um, but also, when you're like, I was 11 years old and I started watching yes. season yeah. six. I was like, oh, no. I know. Uh, I, I am a little younger, but at least I can. I, at least I can say I watched two of the seasons as they aired. That's true. I know. That's yeah, true. that eighth grade comment. I was like, Ugh. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, mostly the mom and me was like season six for an eleven year old. You know, also that I was an only child. Um, no one was paying attention to what I was doing. You know, Fair Jamie, enough. I feel like that happens, right? Because my brother—I'm not an only child, but my brother is eight years older than me, so it was like I was an only child. And yeah, like the shit I would watch, it's like meh. It didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, my parents at that point were like bad at monitoring. Um, Doug, I would love to hear your Buffy origin, which uh, is weird that I've never heard it before. So tell me. Yeah, it's weird that we're talking about this with this episode because it sort of started, I had just started living with my dad, which I had not done before, before freshman year of high school started and was going to like a new high school with kids that I didn't know who had all gone to middle school together. And a group of people that I desperately wanted to be friends with all watched together on Tuesdays. And it brought up to me like, 
oh, do you watch? And I just flat out lied and was like, yes, sure, of course, include <laughs> me in your thing. And then I like started watching, I think it was five, season five with them. But then they used to show reruns on like FX or something at yeah. 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. Yep. So I would wake up early and watch the old episodes to try to catch up to gain some fluency with these kids that I wanted to be friends with. And then like... So I started watching in a really disjointed whatever was on FX while watching season five and then just ended up like backfilling from there. That's wild, Doug, that you started that. I I, like I bullshitted my way through (laughs) and then ended up falling in love with it in the process. (laughs) Was it me? Was I that group of friends? Like, (laughs) (laughs) no, there was like a definitive, a definitive Willow and like a definitive Xander. And then I ended up like slotting into a very Anya position with that group of people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, uh, Jamie, I'm going to ask uh, you first. What do you what do you think about the show that like makes it still hold up? Oh gosh, I think it's for me. I love teen stuff and I love vampire stuff, and and mm-hmm. so it's and it's the best of both of those. Uh, the writing is so good, all the characters are so good. It's just so rewatchable. Like when I, uh, I you know, I told my boyfriend today that I was going to watch the first two episodes for for the podcast. He's like, you that's imprinted on your brain. You don't you don't have to rewatch that today. I was like, yeah, but I want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I was thinking that I was like, oh, I'm rewatching for this, but I want to rewatch again before the live show this weekend. And I was like, I really don't need to because, yeah, like I feel like all of this shit is imprinted on our brains. And I, I, I will tell everyone, uh, there were at least two episodes when we recorded the first season in my apartment in Brooklyn that I did not have time to rewatch and I was still able to record Mm -hmm. and like keep up it was like fine um of course i didn't like doing that but like yeah because i've watched so many of these episodes and there of course is like stuff that doesn't hold up but i think overall it mostly does um kirsten what do you think yeah i mean i feel like the humor for the most part you know aside from some some very clunky jokes that don't play well anymore um the humor is still hits well it's still really well written and the actors, the main actors are so good. Yeah. Even in this first episode, they're so good that like, I mean, my teens are super picky about what they'll watch. And they sat and watched the whole first episode with me and like, um, they enjoyed it that. and they don't watch content that's directed toward teens because they're snobs. Um, <laughs> but they really, they enjoyed it. Like it still plays well as an adult. It still plays well to teenagers. Um, you know, it's funny too. Yeah, I, it's weird because watching this, especially since Jerson and I just two weekends ago recorded for the finale, I was like, ooh, am I not going to think it holds up as much because the show does progress? But like, these characters are pretty much all there from the start, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which like, you know, there are shows that I love that that's not the case where the characters mm-hmm. do, aren't quite there. But like with Buffy, it feels like these characters were pretty much fully formed from the start and it's their evolution that changes them, not like a writing decision to make the character different. And you know what else? I think this, this pilot episode 
arc really benefits from is the movie that they only sideways acknowledge because they don't have to do an origin story. She already knows that she's the slayer. She's already had experience with it. And so then they can give you like the barest minimum, like, oh, this is how the world works. But we don't have to go through her discovering how the world works. She already knows. And I think it helps so much. And she she already has feelings about it. I think what uh-huh. I was like sort of taken by, especially having listened to this podcast promo for this podcast that I'm currently on. Um, <laughs> you guys talk about chosen the the idea that it's already baked in that she has these conflicted feelings about the the power set that she has and her responsibility, like as it starts. And that it actually becomes sort of about her feelings regarding the responsibility rather than her like getting a superhero origin story makes it interesting, I think, even now. Yeah. Yes. I and that's a really good point, Doug, because like I I will say, I don't know why. I, I don't know why, but I get really bored with a superhero origin story. Oh, I find too. them a little bit like eh. right. Okay, good. Jamie, yeah. I know that you like. The superheroes are your like forte. So I was like, oh, am I going to sound like an asshole? <laughs> I, I notoriously dislike origin stories. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's not my thing. I, I just like get, that's why the Buffy pilot's one of my favorite pilots. Cause it's like, they just mm-hmm. go right into it and it's great. Oh. You don't have a season of learning how to slay vampires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. What if yeah. I'm strong? Like yeah. it's, it's baked in that she's strong. And then we play around with that from the start. Yeah. Like Buffy, She's already confident. She just doesn't want to do it, right? Like, she's already yeah. like, yes, I can do it. I don't want to be doing it, um, which I think is really nice. There's never a moment of, like, I can't do this. It's just mm-hmm. like, I can. I'm just would rather not. <laughs> and, like, same girl. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I think, yeah, it is it is a really good pilot. I, I think I often overlook it in the realm of, like, shows that I love and pilots that I love. But it is, everyone, the characters, like, I would say, you know, even Cordelia, who is maybe slightly meaner than we get, but, like, that's her character development, I think, is, like, mm-hmm. her becoming more nuanced, right? Yeah. I, I was thinking um, about that in terms of, like, how these characters... My favorite character arc in the in the whole Buffyverse is Wesley, but Cordelia's, like, a, mm-hmm. a cl- up there. Because it was, like, I'm like, oh, I forget yeah. that she's such a bitch in the beginning. And, she, yeah. and, she, and then she, you know, she saves the world a bunch in the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our queen. It's weird. Like every little character that sort of shot, pops up in the first two episodes, it's sort of a delight. Like you see Harmony, and then rewatching, yeah. you think, like, oh my God, the journey that we're going to go on with Harmony. You see <laughs> Darla, and it's the journey we're going to go on with Darla. It's almost more of a treat rewatching after you've watched mm-hmm. every episode of Buffy and Angel because you get the flash forward for what all of these people are going to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's so weird. I was thinking how, like, you know, I, I do we see we don't see Jonathan in the second episode, yeah. but like, you know, we, I know we do eventually see him. Oh, we see he's in the pilot. I always forget the unaired pilot has Harmony and Jonathan in it, which is so weird because they're not in the first episode. But yeah, there's so much of that, and it's very weird that we come back to so many of these characters, but we never come back to Jesse, who was their best friend who dies at the end. <laughs> I love the story that they wanted to make, put Jesse in the opening credits, yes. uh, but they couldn't afford it. Cause I think that that would have been fun. Mm. I think a fun little, a little trick. Yes. Yeah. Also, I just want to pause and say Eric Balfour. Ooh, he is so handsome. <laughs> and 
Doug, I don't know if you remember this. He did that like photo shoot where he was like half naked on a car for I forget what I, magazine. I, I recall. You don't have yes. to remind me, you <laughs> sweet, sweet boy. I, I did know that he has like peak WB face of mm-hmm. the era. Like just just quite the nose. Like what a nose. I love it so much. I love his face. <laughs> Doug, I love that I thought, I was like, is he going to say something mean? But you're like, no, 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 I love that nose. <laughs> oh my God, he's so, so, so cute. I think I he was in the like Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. Oh, yeah. with Jessica Biel that I was like, oh, I love this face. I love looking at this face. <laughs> it is a good face. So, okay, so we'll get into the episodes. Um, Kirsten, tell me what you think about this opening because I fucking love it. I, I do. I love it. I love the breaking into the school and they've got this you know, baby voice, blonde girl in a Mm. school uniform and she's nervous and you know something bad is going to happen. And and it it plays with the same thing. Like the whole concept of Buffy is that reversal of expectations, right? Only in this case, the tiny, delicate blonde isn't the one who's fighting the monsters. The tiny, delicate blonde is the monster. Um, Yeah, I, I love it. I think it's a super smart setup. I think it's a great opening scene. And like, it was kind of a weird choice not to open with our main character, right? But it yeah. sets the tone of the show so well. I I was specifically going to ask you that, Kirsten, because as 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 someone who has written, you know, a few books, um, <laughs> like it is a choice, right? But it mm-hmm. works not to have Buffy in that opening scene. Yeah, it would establishes like the tone of the show. It establishes the town where you know you go to take a cute girl to the high school to make out. You might die, um, <laughs> yeah. which you know probably is true of any high school. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think it was smart, and it kind of functions as like like a prologue, which which are yeah. controversial in writing, but you know that that hint of a scene, and then you get to the real story. Like yeah. I think it works really well. It's like very classic yeah. no, I think horror too. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. I you know, I was thinking that. That's I was thinking like it's so funny how especially in season 1 they do lean into the horror stuff uh, like more than they do in the later seasons and like the music and like I mean it doesn't hurt that it's extremely dark in every scene. Um but like even this is like very cuz like, you know, she she kills him and she like turns around and has a monster face. Um and it's just like I feel like it's so iconic and so good and like like you said, Jerson, it sets the tone, but it in a different way, right? Because it's mm-hmm. it it is like showing you, oh, you underestimate this small blonde girl, but like in this case, it's not the hero, it's the villain, um, and she eats this man. Um, Doug, what do you think of this opening? Oh, I love it, but it's mostly like sold by Julie Benz's baby voice. She <laughs> is such a tiny little baby voice that I think immediately you're keyed into like, oh, she is vulnerable. Um, Mm. and I, I just, it is really darkly, maybe arguably poorly lit, but I, (laughs) it does lean into like horror beats in a way that I think tells you exactly what we're doing here. Yeah. So then post credits, then we meet our hero. Uh, we get the dream her. She's like having a dream, but it's very nondescript bad dream. It's just like. To be fair, if I were sleeping in white sheets with a white bedspread, I'd have nightmares about blood too. Um, Maybe not the best choice. (laughs) Speaking of a woman, um, but yeah, like you know, I love the I love the bad dream montage of like here's here's as many here's as many like featureless, detailless 
creepy images we can put in and then we'll figure out which ones of them we actually need later. <laughs> that really is what it is. Mm -hmm. We'll fill it in later. Um, mm -hmm. And um, uh, Kirsten, you wrote, you use a lot of the, the dream, the Slayer dreams a lot yes. in your books. Um, I do like, I wish the show had done more with the dreams because we kind of, mm -hmm. they kind of like drop it, right? Like after. Yeah. Well, it's uh, like all their mythology. If yeah. they need it, suddenly it pops back up and is super important and then they ignore it for a few seasons. Um, which, <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. It's, it's just kind of how is it what functions. It is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, cause you know what? I love a good dream sequence. I, I know yeah. people have strong feelings about them. I think they're wonderful. I think they're super fun. Buffy has some of my favorite dream sequences ever. Um, and so yeah. like, I like that they establish that right off the bat. Like yes. that sometimes these are important. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so then we, so we get Joyce, we meet Joyce. She's bringing her to school. She drops her uh, off and Joyce, <laughs> just the best, yes. the best little haircut, like doing her best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My my note here was please tell me I'm not older than Joyce now. Did the math. Listen, I She's think, 41 in this scene. We are not older. Okay, than I was going to say I think we might be, but okay, good. No. I'm glad we're and not. We're also not older than Giles. Okay, so, good. <laughs> face is covered. Um, so I was watching this with my teens. They've never seen it, and mm. um, my 17 year old was like, "I like that she's a vampire hunter, but she still has to go to school." And I was like, "You get it, you get it." I was like, well, "Because they don't pay her." <laughs> and she agreed that was really unfair yeah <laughs> i'm glad i'm glad she agreed mm -hmm. <laughs> um and i love that joyce is like don't get kicked out and like <laughs> we get this like very like 90s like xander's on a skateboard i will say i this is a guy i would have closeted ian would have had a crush on this guy in high school mm -hmm. i unfortunately have to admit his hair looks very cute here i think mm -hmm. um and then we see willow which like i get very I don't know, Kirsten, I'm going to sound like you a little bit. I get like momish about it where I'm like, yeah. no, I want to protect this like innocent child. She mm -hmm. seems so young and so innocent, right? Mm -hmm. But they also run into the problem that most shows run into where they're like, oh, ha -ha, she's a nerd. And you're like, she's literally the most luminously beautiful person <laughs> you would have ever seen in your <laughs> life. Even among, even in a high school full of beautiful people, nobody would look at Willow and be like, Psh nerd they'd be like oh my gosh look right. at your skin is that look at your head look at your eyes <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah so we get then where are we oh we get the principal she meets the principal who is floody i <laughs> jamie what do you think of the principal <laughs> poor floody he's not long for this world bless him he's it's not. you know in in like this episode if you have no context of the show it's just like yep that's a dopey little principal but when you know like that he's about to be replaced with the most like frustrating person right. it's like you, you kind of love Flutie because you, you only get him for such a short time but I love I love when he rips up the transcripts but then he starts taping them back together yeah <laughs> really when he good. finds out she burnt down her gym yes. yeah. <laughs> great humor um I, he what does he even say oh like the i tell the students they can call me bob but they don't like <laughs> and you're right he is like he even when he's reprimanding her he's being nice and then i love like because it's only if he's only like what the pact is only like four episodes from now and where he gets eaten uh <laughs> and then we get principal snyder who is like the devil um and it's just such a like stark contrast. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a, it's a, like a fun choice to start out with Flutie because I think we anticipate that she's going to get some sort of like mean teacher. But all of the teachers are like 
pretty nice and good. Uh, obviously, we're going to get Snyder later, but it, I sort of liked starting out with Flutie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. So um, after we finish admiring Buffy's eyeshadow in the principal scene, because her <laughs> eyeshadow look great. is really lovely. It's like this purple and blue, like it's, it's sort of subtle. Anyway, um, she goes down to the hallway and gets bumps into someone. All of her stuff spills out of her bag. And then we have the Can I Have You scene with Xander, who is wearing a sheer top. <laughs> He's wearing a sheer, like a, a sheer white button up. Over a tank top. <laughs> it's I can't get over it. Quite the outfit, and I don't remember that being in fashion. I don't think it was. Are you sure it's not a like tell me why? Like it's a Backstreet Boys video, but there, <laughs> he's not soaking wet. It could be. It, it could, could be. be. Uh, I mean, I still think he looks super cute. Like I'm like, oh yeah, a teen Ian would have yeah. had the biggest crush on this. Like dumb kind of skater guy with like that kind of hair but also like oh the thing he says is like can i have you which is like kind of xander yeah (laughs) sums him up right away does he skateboard after the pilot or is this a one-time skateboarding fling yeah i don't think so i feel like they realize that like no xander's still like xander's not even cool enough to be skateboarding (laughs) there's probably also liability they were like are we really gonna spend stunt money on him (laughs) boarding no that's true um and then cordelia shows up and is being super nice and welcoming and i love it loves the idea of buffy because buffy's from la and buffy's cute so she reaches out um but then she's really mean to willow and so we can't like her even though we love her we love cordy but we don't like her in this scene yeah, it like she's so brutal and like Willow's little face where it's like she's mm-hmm. got those big eyes and she's so mm-hmm. innocent looking. And like in that outfit, she really looks so young. And it's like, yeah. oh, don't pick on this poor child. Um, but it is an iconic line. The softer side of Sierra's is like a very <laughs> biting insult. Like the insults, I think the thing I was thinking about is how like when they say like James Spader and I was like, was he ever like a heart? I love that no. so much because I'm such <laughs> a simp for Spader, and I, and I and I and it makes me so happy that that line exists. <laughs> but like, right? I don't know in '97 that he was like, was he? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's I think you're right. That's why it feels out of place. But I, it's just a random choice that I think is in a way timeless. <laughs> because it's funny because some of the stuff like that is like ooh, that's dated but like you know the insults like softer side of sears like are still like ooh. That- uh, i guarantee you my teens would have no idea what that means <laughs> that's that's fair <laughs> true sears is that even a store anymore is it like i don't know Maybe. but do they know who james Spader is uh yes because they love the office oh robert um, california all right all right right well, yeah. Fair. All right. So then we get uh intro to the library. Right. She goes to the library. And I do I, I love the Buffy and Giles stuff here. Um mm-hmm. I said this in our season seven recap, but I had done like when OK Boomer was like a meme that was blowing up, I did like a meme that was Giles explaining, being like, You are the chosen one, blah blah blah, with Buffy just saying, Okay, Boomer. And I do feel like someone replied and i don't remember who it was but like said that's her whole energy those first two episodes to giles and it really is it really is yeah <laughs> made me super nostalgic seeing the library though i loved that set i yes. loved the the library is their sort of like hub i think we definitely missed that um yeah going into season four 
they struggled to find a new sort of. I did hub. think I did think the magic box worked. Oh yeah, yeah. But then they, I mean, then they blew it up. So I yeah. miss um, season old, seven. I really old. miss it. Yeah, I like Giles's little apartment as like a spot for four and the magic box works for five and six seven they had nothing but you're right like seeing that little circular library i just was like immediately in love i missed it so much Mm -hmm. yeah exactly like you don't realize you missed it until you see it and you're like oh the library cages for no reason (laughs) yes thank you for the the book cages in case one of the books wants to escape (laughs) just in case someone one of the students happens to be a werewolf later on we can use this cage (laughs) which is right like what the fuck is the purpose of that cage it's a great question (laughs) um so she he pulls out the infamous vampire book slaps it on the counter she is not happy she leaves then she goes out and Onto the quad, right? Uh, no, next we get the scene in the locker room oh. of the two girls talking about how weird Buffy's name is, Ambrosia <laughs> and what's her name? Um, yeah, it's Aphrodisia. She's like, what kind of name is Buffy? Hey, Aphrodisia. Yeah. It's a very good, silly it, beat. It, it is very good. And they open the door and the dead body falls out, which right. you know, my 15-year-old was like, happens to me all the time. <laughs> um, high school's rough. High school, And then right? we get going out on the quad and right. befriending Willow. Which I think is such a great character detail, right? Because we see that the hot popular girl has already reached out to Buffy and extended this, you have an automatic into our group. And Buffy has a good rapport with her. They have a funny back and forth. And then after Buffy's kind of like, "Mm, that would be exhausting to be friends with her. And she picks Willow and she goes out and she's deliberately friendly to Willow. And it says a lot about Buffy and who she is already. It's a great, great character detail. Kirsten, yes, I was going to ask you how you felt about that, because I do like, you know, it takes this long for the, like, the two best friends that we will stay with for the show to meet and, like, kind of, like, talk talk. But it is, I I agree, I think it's a really good beat of, like, showing us, because Buffy even says to her, like, Willow's immediately treating her like she's Cordelia, right? She's like, you want me to move? I can move. And Buffy's like, no, 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 like, why don't we start with, hi, I'm Buffy, which I, I I know I, I said this in Chosen, too, how, like, I love in season five for the gift. Like I think of her saying, why don't we start with hi, I'm Buffy as the beginning of that intro they do for the gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's like sweet. Right. And she is being yeah. nice to her. And she's yeah. even says like, Cordelia has been really nice to me. Um, but she like, like you said, she wants to be friends with someone who's like maybe less severe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and, and because Buffy is an outsider already, she knows she's an outsider. She had to leave her previous high school. I'm sure none of her friends are still in contact with her because of what she did. And so she's already knowing like, you know, Cordelia is not going to be a real friend. <laughs> right. And so then Xander and Jesse come over. Um I mean, I know that like Cordelia, and she is very mean in this episode, but she has like some really great lines mm-hmm. and moments. Mm-hmm. When she comes over and Jesse stands up and he's like, hey, Cordelia, and she just puts her hand up and is like, oh, please, is <laughs> so good. And then what is she like is informing them about the dead student. And like, I don't know, she's very good in this scene. And I kind of like almost this shows you that like she can hang with these people. She doesn't really mm-hmm. want to, but like she can, right? Because yeah. she's not like, being overly mean to any of them in this moment. I do love her line of, don't you have an elsewhere to be? <laughs> so good. It's, some of them feel like, I don't know if any of you, I, I I mean, I love Clueless, so I say this very lovingly. Some of like stuff like that feels very Clueless oh, yeah. to me. Yeah. 
right? And I, I love it. <laughs> a lot of this feels like a parody of how other people think Southern Californians talk. Mm, I could see that, yes. <laughs> Which is fair. Um, you mean you don't say things like that, Kirsten? <sighs> I, I mean, I might. I don't know. I do the Yano for sure. I do the, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, we both do the dude, but I, mm-hmm. I blame Jersey, but I'm sure that's not what you would blame. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Jamie, what do you think of this scene where they're on the quad? Oh, it's fun because it's it's like it's very high school. Um, and I like that, like Cordelia, like you were saying, Cordelia isn't that mean to them because she may be mean. But above all, she wants to be the one to like deliver interesting news. Uh, and so, and like, so she's like, "Hmm, here's a group of people I can tell this fact to. And I love when, I love (laughs) that Buffy gets so like, you know, she went detective-y and the the morbid much is uh, a real delightful. (laughs) Um, yeah, Doug, what do you think? No, it's more like, I think the initial scene with Buffy and Willow is, is sort of more interesting to me than like the group scene with Cordelia because Willow is so surprised that anybody would pay attention to her and it sort of sets Mm -hmm. up we've got seven seasons of willow like realizing that she is the smartest most competent person in any room that she's at and (laughs) right now we've got her like apologizing for existing and it's so fun to think about like oh eventually you will realize that you are great the cordelia part is fun but it more brings up for me like no one is going to acknowledge that Jesse existed after the next episode. <laughs> he seems very baked into this universe and no one ever acknowledges him after this moment. It seems very sad. Because right, they do do a good job of making him baked in. Yeah. Yeah. But then they quickly, promptly forget after he dies. <laughs> they give his entire personality, including wanting to bang Cordelia, over to Xander, and they, they really do. all pretend like he never existed. <laughs> oh my god, I had never realized that, Doug, but you're right, they really just do transfer all of that to Xander, Jesus Christ. Um, so then we get Buffy doing her investigation stuff, she, you know, breaks down the door, she finds the dead body, and then she goes back to see Giles. Okay, but pause. Oh, yeah. I love we see a teenage girl, first of all, that they just left a dead body on the floor of the locker room with a blanket (laughs) over it. And then she breaks in, pulls back the blanket, and it's such a great moment. And again, they do so much work with so little in this episode. Like, Like, every line does so much work. When she just sees the dead body and sees the neck wound and says, oh, great. Like, <laughs> she's not horrified. She's not scared. She's not grossed out. She's annoyed because this just made her life more complicated. <laughs> I, I, You know, Kirsten, I know that you're putting it that way to be like, this is how they wrote that. And I'm like, I fucking love that. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's great. Um, Then she goes to see Giles. And I love this scene of her and Giles because he's also right when he's like, well, then why did you come here if you don't want to do this? And she's like, I, I don't know. I just, you know, thought you should know. And she's kind of like, stumbling on herself. My mom moved us here. I did not have a choice in the matter. Why do you keep thinking I have agency? My mom moved (laughs) us here. I am a teenager. <laughs> the only bone I have to pick with this episode is this is in this scene though, and it's that Giles okay. doesn't know how someone becomes a vampire. Like you trained as a watcher, and you have to be like you. you oh, 
he, he she has to explain <laughs> to him that he why this guy's not going to become a vampire, and I I don't buy that at all. <laughs> the big circle of sucking. Yes, it's a great <laughs> line. It is a great like she has so many great lines like, and I love that when she's like she just she's annoyed by him and he's annoyed by her and I kind of just love this like mutual annoyance they're having with each other um you know when she's like he's like something bad will happen and she's like gee can you vague that up for me like it's so good um and again the other thing is I mean we talked about this a little bit but I love like this is the Giles that uh, would have done well with like a Kendra Slayer, but like he evolves as a character and he still is like stuffy, but he learns like he loves her like a daughter and that changes him. Right. And I love that about him. Okay. So next we get our first sewer view. Yes. <gasps> Subterranean candle city. So, so many candles. Like they're <laughs> vampires. That's one of their only vulnerabilities. <laughs> I think they would have like figured out some alternate light source. I don't know. <laughs> get some electricity down there. Lights are better for you. Um, Right, so we we see Luke, who later plays the judge in season two. Um, he was just in Tragedy of Macbeth as well. He's in a lot of stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, in Tragedy of Macbeth. Oh, he's one of the murderers that Denzel hires. Um, uh, oh. Yeah, he's in a ton of stuff. Uh, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Thompson? He's got a good face. Yeah. Now yes. I need to. Now I need to watch Tragedy of Macbeth. <laughs> it's really I, good. Wow. Then we get. Oh, then we get Buffy trying on different outfits, right? Yes. And yes. I love her dialogue. I mean, yes. I don't I don't like the words she uses, but right. I love like her talking to herself and holding up the different outfit options and like figuring out who she wants to be that night, which is yes. like, such a teen thing, but also such current day thing also. I was going to say, <laughs> I, yeah, at 39, I'm still doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do really like this Buffy-Joyce scene. I think it's it, – Joyce – it is very much i don't know she it just feels like they are a mother and daughter and she's mm-hmm. like wants what's best and you know and she's like well you are a good kid and she's like are there boys gonna are boys gonna be there and she's like no it's a nun club mom <laughs> <laughs> which is such a good shitty teen response yes <laughs> this is the point where my 15 year old says to my 17 year old does it disturb you that you're older than buffy the vampire slayer and the 17 year old says she's clearly in her 20s <laughs> <laughs> Well, not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> Jamie, the, what are you this say? scene is so frustrating in a good way. Like all of Joyce and Buffy stuff in season one and season two, it's like you know it would just be solved so easily if she just knew the truth, but you understand why not. And it's like Joyce is just being a good mom. It's not her fault that she's ignorant to the situation, but it's it gets <laughs> so frustrating because it's like just mm-hmm. oh, but you but it, in a good in a really good way. And that's what it's so cathartic when she finally finds out. Yeah. It's it's funny. I mean, I've said this a million times, but my mom like is the one who got me into Buffy and she does not like Joyce. Oh, she gets what? very like How yeah, do you my, not like Joyce. My mom gets very she did not accept her. She kicked her out of the house when she came out to her. How dare she? My okay. mom gets like very like my mom is one like if my, if my mom were like a younger person on Twitter, she would probably be trolling my podcast because my mom like <laughs> loves Buffy and Spike. Neither of them can do any wrong. So she like never forgot when Joyce kicked her out of the house in season mm. two and like would always go back to that. Can you do me yes. a favor? Your mother does not know me, but can you just text her? Doug says Joyce is a single mom who's doing her best <laughs> and just leave it at that. I don't need to hear what the response is, but Joyce is doing her best. The best that Joyce can do at any given moment. 
<laughs> I will say, though, as a mom of teenagers, Joyce hits different. And that scene in season three where Buffy is like, how could you not have noticed like the yeah. blood on my clothes? And she's listing all those things. It breaks my heart because that's your fear as a mom, right? That something is going on with your kids and you don't know what it is or because you're so busy trying as, you know, I'm not a single mom, but, you know, right. trying to keep everything in your life going that you're going to miss the signs. You're going to miss the signs that your child is actually a vampire slayer, <laughs> right, which yeah. is why I always check under my kids' beds for steaks. Um, <laughs> fortunately, I think we're in the clear on that one, at least with my oldest. Um but, but yeah, like I, I agree these scenes. Um, I even have my notes like hopeful Joyce makes me sad because you yeah. know everything that's coming and you know everything that she doesn't know and everything that she doesn't see and also the damage that she's inadvertently doing yeah. too because she doesn't know these details about your daughter. Because you're right, like when, when Buffy does sort of like come out to her, she yeah. doesn't immediately accept her and it is very damaging and it's very hurtful and it, it hurts as, you know, remembering being a teenager in those situations where you feel like your parents can't see you. And then also as a mom of teenagers being like, what am I not seeing that my kids need me to see? And what inadvertent damage am I doing? It's wonderful. See all this in a show about a teenage girl who fights vampires. And honestly, like I'm not even being sarcastic. I think it's why it holds up so well because as silly and over the top and funny and goofy as this show is, it really hits on a true emotional core in all of the relationships. And that's, that's why it works. Kirsten, that's really well said. You must be a writer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So then Buffy sneaks out, right? Or no, wait, no, that's the next episode. She she just goes out. She's allowed to go out this night. Um, And who does she encounter, Doug, when she's walking to the bronze? The freshest face, David Boreanaz, that you ever did see. His eyes are so like big and alive, and he's so handsome. And he's wearing, he's wearing the outfit that Angel wears in season one, which is unfortunate. It's just a lot of like person who was wearing a tux but has become disheveled over the course of the wedding. Um, what is that jacket made of? Is it velvet? Is it satin? I can't figure it yeah, out. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> he is like smiling. Like Angel doesn't smile much, but like he's like kind of being shitty and like immediately flirty and like looking her up and down and like has this smirk that's not leaving his face. He doesn't even know that someday he'll do the worst Irish accent that any of us <laughs> have ever heard. But I- he looks so alive in his face. It's so wonderful. Yeah. I, I always forget that he like he's so charming and and like fun when you meet him uh he like yeah. he's such a different character like i i my boyfriend's never seen this before and i turned to him and i'm like get ready because angel's gonna progress into a little bitch over time <laughs> he just gets so broody and unhappy so quickly but in the beginning it's like it's like yeah i would have wanted to meet him in a dark alley as well yeah yeah right like i'll i'll meet that twink there that's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think they really didn't know who he was yet mm-hmm. yes um, so maybe i lied when i said every character was fully formed he wasn't quite yeah. there but that's fine not. yeah but it's fine because he's great in these scenes it's fun it's yeah like you said it's flirty yeah he's wearing a baffling outfit but he's still very attractive <laughs> um and i do think i noticed here some of the musical cues are very dated but some of them still like fucking slap right like some of them are still like really well done for this show with no budget, if from 1997. Mm-hmm. He does do my least favorite thing, though. 
where he's like, you've got to be ready for what? For the harvest. <laughs> okay, don't say anything else. Clearly, you know what the harvest is. Yeah. It's like, for the harvest. Here's a necklace. Bye, babe. Like, what? We, we learn later that you've been miserable in a sewer waiting for this exact moment. Right. For the extent of the details that you give her is just <laughs> those two words, the and harvest, and then you walk away. Yep. Congrats. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I did also think, Kirsten, how like this, I mean, we again, we talked about this in Chosen, but like how his exit in Chosen is exactly like his exit here. Like even the shadows look the same. Mm-hmm. How it's like, that sideways shadow and he just kind of fades into it. Ugh. Yes. Ugh, love that. Um, so, and he, I like that he's like, what does he say to her? Like, I thought you'd be bigger with muscles, but you're pretty small. I thought you'd be taller, which, right. you know, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that. <laughs> um, but also he's been stalking her for a while, like watching her in her old yeah, school. exactly so. how tall she yeah. isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you didn't take her measurements too? I thought you did that. Um, but yeah, his it, this feels like a very different character than the character we do get later on, even in season one later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, so he leaves. So he leaves the shadows. He gives her that cross. And I want to tell you all that during the pandemic, Christmas last not in twenty twenty one, but in twenty twenty, I think. Um, Forever 21 was having a big sale on jewelry, and I ordered a necklace that is literally that same cross. That I will never wear in public because I'm not someone who would wear a cross. I literally only <laughs> bought it because it looked just like Buffy's cross. And I have it hanging <laughs> on a little like the necklace rack that I have. And I've never worn it, probably never will, but it makes me smile every time I look at it. It looks just oh. like her cross. It was fun in that era when like Madonna made like crosses just fashion. And Buffy yeah. feel it feels very similarly. For her, it's you know practical. But it, but I, I kind of miss that too, where like you could get away with like a clunky cross and no one would think that it was for religious reasons. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. The variations on that theme is Sarah Michelle Geller and Cruel Intentions turning a crucifix into something you can step cocaine out of. I've almost bought that that on Etsy, the cocaine <laughs> cross. If you- if if you find it, or I, which it seems like you have, please send it. To me I, you know, I, I saw it and I tried to find it again and I couldn't. It was like I sh- I didn't bookmark it and I I haven't I have I need to go back. I, Catherine Martelli is a tattoo I plan to get. Uh, so oh really yeah I do I do love the cruel intentions. Yes. Um, so then we get to the bronze and uh, I it's cute that like Buffy's the new girl so she like accidentally waves at someone else who's not <laughs> waving at her. Um, and I do think it's very cute how excited Willow is just that Buffy's like sitting with her, right? Yeah. Like she's by herself and she even says she only went there because of Xander and Buffy gives her this like seize the day and Willow's like her mind's blown that <laughs> Buffy told her to seize the day and I love that. Buffy leaves and says I'll be right back and Willow says you don't have to come back as if it's an yes. obligation and Buffy has to assure her that she wants to come back. It's so cute. God. Yeah. <laughs> the librarian is hanging out in his tweed jacket up on the upper floor of the teen hangout so there's some red flags um, wait but before that i gotta say cordelia has such a ridiculous line of i mean nobody cool has epstein bar anymore <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> um but yes then so we get uh buffy and Giles up on the balcony, which I was like, oh god, this is the balcony where Spike and Buffy do <laughs> dirty things to each other later on. <laughs> yeah. um, you can say have SEX. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think they have sex on that 
I don't. I, no, I think it's I just like hand stuff. Think, I don't know. I think, I think it's oh, hand God. stuff for sure. <laughs> oh. Anyway, she tells Giles he's like a textbook with arms, which I thought was a good silly insult. Um, you and like Giles' info dumps, right? Yes. They, they're, they're fast. They give the necessary information, and Buffy always reacts in funny ways so that it so that it moves quickly, right? Yes. His shows always struggle with that. You have the Game of Thrones where. If we have to talk politics, we'll make sure there's at least one naked person in the scene. Um, <laughs> and in Buffy Vampire Slayer, it's if we have to give you information on world building, we'll also include jokes. Yeah, yeah. And like, the, the for me, my favorite part is when he's like, you have to own your, hone your skills and make sure you can figure out. She's like, that guy, he's dressed really dated. I can tell he's a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I love too because it's showing like these things that people might look down on her for, or like, like, yeah. oh, she's just a stupid teenager. No, they're act- she can actually use them as skills in her in her unpaid career as a slayer. Um, I will say several scenes in this in these episodes, Giles talks way too close to people. Way too close. Yes, he is like leaning over her shoulder, talking right in her ear. And like one thing that I have always appreciated about Buffy is that they never, ever, ever made the dynamic between Buffy and Giles weird. Yes. Um, and I love that, and I'm very grateful for that. And and But this scene, I'm like, Giles, but personal space. You're <laughs> much, much too close. And then he does the same thing to Willow later. Anyway. Um, yes. Kirsten, it's funny that you point that out, because um, two years ago, I think a year or two ago, Zoraida Cordova and I interviewed um, Isabella Gomez from One Day at a Time, and what we did was we had her watch the first episode because her character in One Day at a Time loved Buffy, but the actress had never watched it. So hmm. she watched the first episode and we talked about it. And it was actually really interesting because she's also a lot younger. I think she at the time was like 21, maybe 22. Um, so it was interesting hearing her take on it. And she asked both of us, she was like, wait, I got to ask you, Giles stays good the whole time, right? And we were like, why? And she said, well, he talks really close to two of the girls and they're like teenagers. And we were like, no, 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 no. That's just like, we promise he's fine. He's great. He's actually not a problem at all. And she was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. She was like, I thought that was like a creeper vibe that I was supposed to get. I really just think it's a framing issue. I think that a lot of these things are not shot particularly well. Um, they're super dark, as we mentioned, and and yeah, like I think they're just not shot super well, and so it's a framing issue. But it does create that, like, and that's interesting that she picked up on it because yeah, yeah if a man was talking that close to me, I'd be like, nah, I'm going to elbow you in the groin now. <laughs> in his defense, <laughs> he's older, and the bronze is loud. That's true. <laughs> that is also true. Yeah. Doug, I think he, I think he might just might not be like fully baked in yet as a character because I think we have to hit the right balance between like stern and paternal and encouraging. And I think in these first two episodes, he's not like, he's not paternal with her. He just seems frustrated with her. And there's like, granted the tenderness takes time to build, but you've got like an older man that's saying stern things to a very tiny, like teenage girl. And it just is going to feel gross I think it takes a while for them to find the balance. Yeah, that's fair. And but I I also do think like he evolves with Buffy. Like she learns he learns to lighten up because of her, because it's like like even just that beat of like, use your skills and figure out. And she's like, Oh, that guy, he's dated, he's dressed datedly. Like and he's like, Oh, that does work. You know what I mean? Like I think Giles mm-hmm. warms up to the the like uh, I don't know what Kirsten, what am I trying to say? <laughs> 
She yeah. lights him up. She yeah. relaxes yeah. him. She shakes him out a little bit. She puts a sombrero on him. But he's wearing a sombrero <laughs> by season four and, and having a good old time. I do think mm-hmm. what is cute about that scene is like when they later recognize that Willow is in danger because Willow had said something about like how much she's absolutely in love with the new British librarian earlier <laughs> that he like shows her books and is kind to her that he, he gives a sort of like, Oh no, is the vampire with Willow meaning like he cares about Willow. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um. Then we move to, what is it? She, Oh, she goes, she sees a, this dated guy is talking to Willow. She go, leaves to go save him. Um, and we get, uh, she's going backstage. And Jamie, what is the iconic line that happens back here? Wait, when she accidentally attacks Cordelia. Uh, uh, I just watched it literally 20 minutes ago. Or, or, yeah, what is your childhood? Yes. That's it. You got it. I failed. <laughs> Jamie, you get an F. <laughs> that's not, that's, you Doug- know what? In my defense, I'm really hungover. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Doug, rude and stole that from you. No, you know you deserved it because I I blanked. I was thinking because I laughed so hard at uh, when she's like, "Excuse me, I have to call every person I've ever met." Yes, it's also amazing. Yeah, I you know I pointed this out on Twitter once. It is wild that season seven. It's like a plot point that they get cell phones, and Cordelia had a cell phone mm-hmm. in the first episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just like my my timeline of cell phones is a little blurry. Um, I guess it's supposed to, that's, that is supposed to be like, she is rich. That's why she has yeah. one, right? I mean, at that stage in high school, if you had a cell phone, you were rich. Like right. they were expensive. And it's like, I love how big it is and that she has to pull mm-hmm. up the antenna. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just, I, that scene is, you know, I think of, uh, Charisma Carpenter quoted that like casually when she was talking about her son when she was on the podcast she was like ah my son gets so annoyed by me he's very much like what is your childhood trauma to me all the time (laughs) and i just like i love that and once she commented saying that like that's one of the lines she remembers the most like she was like the deep i love the deep breath and then the what is your childhood trauma (laughs) and like it is a good line right Mm -hmm. it's one of those like yeah she i mean cordelia has a lot of good lines um so then Buffy, what, who does she, she, does she run into Xander? Is that what happens? I think she's just running out. Um, and then next, the next scene is our underground blood pool. Because the master is drama. <laughs> he and really he's just like hanging out, hanging out in this blood pool and then rises, not covered by any blood. I, you know, I have questions. I, I have questions Kirsten, about that. Kirsten, I meant to ask, I was like, is there something I'm missing or no? Is it just like, oh, nope, he's rising out of this blood pool and here we yeah. are. No, because you're, you're like, did they just do a ceremony to summon him? But they all have right. existing relationships with him. So I guess sometimes he's just down in the blood pool and <laughs> comes up when he wants to. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> I think they're pretty uh, pretty hand-wavy with the details on yeah. what, who the master is and why he's trapped down there, and yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Um, still, still better effects than that snake that happens in season five. <laughs> 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 Um, uh, and then, so you know, we get our we get our master with his with his great uh, rising from the blood, and then um, we cut to Willow in the in the cemetery with the vampire, and she says, "Sure, it's dark," and he says, "It's night." And I'm like, you know what? I don't care if you're taking her to kill her; you can be nice to her. Until- <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, dickhead, <laughs> it's the same thing. Um, then we then we cut back to oh, then Buffy runs into Xander. Then Buffy runs into Xander. Yes, right, right, right. 
And he like calls her out for quote unquote thinking she's a vampire slayer because he overheard her and Giles in the library, which does call attention to the fact that they very much openly talk about it a lot mm-hmm. at the high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that they do eventually make fun of the fact that no one ever comes in the library. Yeah. Like there's a time where like yeah. I think like two kids walk in and they're all like shocked. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, because Xander has the, the line of, what do you think this is, a Barnes and Noble? And I'm always like, no, oh, that's where I work. Um, yeah, so they, what, like, then he, like, pretty much believes her pretty quickly, right? Uh, I don't know. I would say mm. yes. Yeah. He, he at least believes that she believes it, like, it, enough to yeah. go along yeah. with her, and then he learns pretty quickly that it's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so they go to this crypt, which I was wondering, I'm curious what we all think. Is that crypt the same? Like, do they have that same set for like the entire series? Because it doesn't not look like the crypt they use for Spike's crypt that he lives in. Spike's is a lot bigger, though, isn't it? Yeah, right. Spike's bigger. But the entrance and stuff looks the same. I don't oh, know. Probably. I mean, yeah. you've seen one crypt mausoleum. You've seen them all. <laughs> I've seen them all. So we get. Then we get. Um, the thing I love about this is how quickly. I mean, like you said, Doug, she's already. We already know her. We already know she can do this. So she's immediately like Spider-Man level quipping with these vampires. Like she's not scared of them. She's not really that pressed. She's kind of like, all right, I'm going to slay these vampires because I want to save my friends. I still don't want to do this, but I'll do it. Um, And I like that. I like the like, you know, we can do this the hard way or actually there's just the hard way. And like she immediately (laughs) states that one vamp. Um, And then she starts monologuing. Yeah. Yeah, She's totally monologuing. And then Luke shows up and yes. interrupts her model. Um, and then we get the weirdest be continued that would never fly in another Buffy episode mm-hmm. where it's like this one vamp, just that. Bah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. So then we'll move on to the harvest. Uh, what save, what saves her Kirsten? What does save her? Um, she kicks Luke. I remember this one. <laughs> it's the necklace. Okay. Well, let me get one right. It's the necklace. Okay. <laughs> Um, so she runs off she goes to save we see that all the vamps have surrounded everyone and i don't know if any of you noticed there's a shot of darla and her hair is very wet Hmm. it's like they're panning across the vampires and they stay on darla and she her wet her hair is like clearly soaked and i it's not in any other scene so i really wonder what uh julie benz what happened to julie benz during that um but so she comes in she saves them they've lost jesse i don't know where Mm -hmm. he is um, then they go back to the library and we get what happens here. Then in the library, it's a little bit of info dumping, right? Yes. We get more info dumping. I, I do have in my notes, Giles info dump. Um, I, I love too, that here they're pretending like there's a unified mythology where he's explaining how the world works and why there are vampires and demons, um, yeah. that there used to be old ones who roamed the earth. And then now they're on different planes, but the last one as he was leaving bit someone. So basically vampirism is an STD that has passed <laughs> down the <laughs> generations. Um, and this is a mythology that, you know, they draw on when they need it and they ignore it when they don't, which, you know, whatever. If I were writing a seven season show, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Um, so Willow and Xander are having to process now that they they are on the inside. They know how the world actually works. Um, and it's cute because this is where we're starting to see the team form, right? Yeah. Yeah. Willow accepts. Willow and, Willow and Xander kind of accept it. We get like what he does kick the trash can or something. That's like mm-hmm. his one moment of grief, and then we move on. <laughs> um, so she 
goes to find out what happened. Giles says that there's like a preordained massacre. She goes to leave school. And I, I think of this scene a lot, like, because it's such a silly scene when Flutie stops her. You're you're skipping way ahead. Well, first, there's a, a sort of moment where they realize that there must be some sort of tunnel system that they're mm-hmm. all operating under. And so then Willow is like, hi, I am the the world's first hacker. <laughs> and I will hack into the city <laughs> systems and figure out where their little layer is. Yes. He also somehow knows that there's an electrical there are electrical tunnels running under the whole town, <laughs> which is convenient information for a 15 or 16 year old to have. <laughs> it's a hobby. Um, you know what I think about a lot? Uh, and it Giles said when he when he corrects his overly British and just says, look it up on the net. The net is a term that didn't stick. And I think about that all the time, that we never say the net like they did in the 90s. Like there's a whole movie with Sandra Bullock called The Net and we didn't keep saying it. We say the internet. And I, I don't know why, but I, I often think about that. And so when Giles says it, it's a, it was a reminder of that. That is fascinating. Yeah, right? Because usually we shorten everything and yet mm-hmm. the net yeah. did not stick. Huh. Huh. Right? I, I hadn't even thought about oh, that, Jamie. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so then, oh, Giles figures out it's a preordained massacre. That's what the harvest is um, from like the one word, two words that Angel told yes. Buffy. Um, we then do have we get- a master scene in here too, where they deliver their one whole team that they got him. Right. Um, they're bad hunters. Like these, these vampires really are inefficient. If I were the master, I would be pissed. <laughs> Also, um, he, uh, you know, when I'm, I, they already sampled Jesse. I hate sharing my drinks. Like I'm on the master's side on this one. Like he is well within his rights to be angry. Um, but then also he says he's been there for three score years, which initially has like 30 years, but it's 60 years, but still that doesn't feel very long. Yeah, um, it doesn't. All the mythology in this one is pretty hand wavy. Like, oh, it can only happen every hundred years. Like, well, why? <laughs> why? Counterpoint, Doug? <laughs> no, it's just, it's that. It's also like he's been down there for 60 years. What does that mean in the scheme of things? But I was more going to say, like, Darla is especially snivelly during this entire time. She's like really apologizing about sampling Jesse and is getting sort of like choked. She's whining, she's begging. And I, I really hate that. Same. Now, like, given how, given how, Darla ends up being, and I always really love her arc. Um, it's strange to me to have to sit there and watch her like complain to this gross prosthetic monster. <laughs> and they talk more in Angel about how, like, you know, she is all, all very much in service of the master, but it also feels like he respects her more. And like, there's a reason why he chose her. And in the beginning, yeah. it doesn't fit with that. And I totally agree. I don't like seeing Darla like that because she does have some, like, the, the literal series starts with her being powerful and cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Julie Benz is great. So mm-hmm. he, like, closes the gate. He's like, even when he's reprimanding her, still be nice. And then she just jumps over it which i love well um, she, she's been sent to run an errand for the the british librarian because in britain they're allowed to do these things <laughs> right <laughs> i also do love that buffy figures out where the entrance is um, yes you know we get those black and white remembering scenes but but i like that everyone is playing a role here right everyone is contributing and it is it's setting the foundation for the scooby game um and and i like that the show never says that Buffy isn't smart. Yeah. 
Um, Because it would have been easy for for them to treat her like, oh, she's strong, but she's not very bright or whatever. But she figures stuff out. Like, she's observant. Um, And I like that. So, yeah, she jumps over the fence. Right. And then she goes to the crypt. She runs into Angel, who is less than helpful again. (laughs) Okay, but Uh, also... Also, he wasn't using the tunnels because all the enemy vampires were in them. So he literally got into the crypt (laughs) pre-dawn and just stood there in the shadows waiting just in case she figures it out and shows up so that he can tell her, you shouldn't go in there. You're not ready. And then she goes in there. We know he doesn't follow her. So is he just standing there? There's a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern that's just Angel's life in these two episodes, and he spends <laughs> so much of it in a corner waiting for something to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Well, uh, yeah, so it is wild because he doesn't go, and so, yeah, I guess he just yep. stays there. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the other thing I have a, like, issue with is then she runs into Xander in the tunnel. Mm-hmm. So Angel didn't stop Xander or talk to him. Right. He's like, well, I guess that kid can go. Whatever. <laughs> um, Which is interesting considering they would be like hate boyfriends in a season. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so then we get wait, oh, we gotta talk about, we cut back to the school. Giles realizes mm-hmm. the harvest is tonight and we get the computer class scene, which I do Love. Mm-hmm. Yes. Harmony Kendall. <laughs> it's I I I love everything going on here because I love I Cordelia's got some really good, like who gave you permission to exist is a very good clueless-esque insult. Mm-hmm. Um and I love that Willow, like being friends with Buffy, like we see that it's like made her a little bit more bold, right? Mm-hmm. Because oh yeah, Willow, the Willow we met at the 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 beginning of the first episode would never say something challenging Cordelia, right? Mm-hmm. So we're already in character development, which I love to see. Yes, uh, their eyebrows are so of the era in <laughs> yes. this scene. Just like, oh my gosh, look at their eyebrows! I had those eyebrows. Um, and yeah, I love Willow's revenge in this scene. So we have Cordy and Harmony doing their um, programming assignment. And they're like, well, how do we turn it in? We're done. And just the, the cleverness of it's deliver. And they look on the keyboard and there's D-E-L and they hit it and it deletes it. Like it's such a small, like, it, I love that for Willow. I yes. love it. Did your kids have any uh, comments on like the, how easy it was to delete something and not get it back? <laughs> I mean, I thought about that. My kids, my kids only watched the first episode oh, with me. Okay, I didn't realize I was watching both episodes. Um. So episode two was watched day while they were at school. So we 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 have reached the end of my teens' um, commentary. Darn. Unfortunately, <laughs> really enjoying I it. I know they were they were really fun to watch it with. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, you know, we all kind of had that thought. Like, did they select the whole thing first? But right. whatever, it worked. <laughs> I don't. I don't even care if it yeah. is unrealistic because it's such a satisfying moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And right. then we go back into the maze that someone has built under the city. <laughs> the really fun, wacky maze. Um, they yeah. find Jesse pretty easily. Um, he's yeah. is he pretending or is he like just newly vampired? So he's like not sure what's going on. No, he's pretending. Yeah, he's okay. pretending. pretending. Okay. Yeah. Um, this no, is the only watch where it, I was like, oh, it, is he just like flustered because he just came back? But okay, that makes sense. No, it's so dark. These scenes are so, so dark. So dark. And like, 
Man, well, you are in tunnels under the city, so I guess that I guess I probably would be like, why are these tunnels so well lit? If they were well lit, um, but it's so dark. Um, yeah. So they they they're running. They are being chased. They find the room that Jesse leads them to, and it's a dead end. Right, and we find out that Jesse is now a vampire. Um, and I love that Buffy can't shut the door. It's like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jesse, she, but I do love that, like, she, she can't shut the door, but she can pick up Jesse and throw him into the <laughs> oncoming vampire. It was like vampire bowling. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> and also, I do think that's an iconic image of her and Xander pushing the steel door shut with, like, that, like, clawed vampire hand yeah. coming out, right? Oh, yeah, that's in the credits. That's in the opening credits, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They throw Jesse, they shut the door. They climb up into yet more tunnels. Yeah, they get out into a, like, construction site or mm-hmm. something, right? They come above ground. Yeah. Then we, we cut back to Sunnydale High, I think. No, the master and the minions. He's really right. disappointed in his minions. Um, and we get a pun Ishment, <laughs> when he tells the guy there's something in his eye. Um, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There's a lot of there are a lot of visual puns and like uh, jokes in these two episodes, which I genuinely appreciate. Like, uh, there's there's one scene where um, Angel is in an alley, and right next to him is a sign. Watch your step. Watch your step. Yep. Exactly. And I was like, we I did th- that on purpose. Yeah, I totally <laughs> noticed that this time around too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, there are the obvious ones like with the masters and with the master and his puns and whatever. But, but like they have a lot of like very cheeky visual jokes in this, these two episodes. And I love it. Like a lot of thought went into it. Um, but you know, it that starts, scene doesn't actually it matter. It's the long tradition movie. of the big bad for the season is camp. Yeah. <laughs> just can't be, can't be, can't be, can't be. Yeah, because I will say, like, we don't get a lot here as much, but, like, the master does be, like you said, Gears, that he is drama. Like, he becomes yeah. such a drama queen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, like, had tweeted the image of, like, him with that, when he, in the wish, when he has that tiny, tiny cappuccino saucer, and he's just <laughs> sipping from it. Like, that is ridiculous, and I love it. Yes. We have a powwow scene in the library where they... I don't know. They're talking. Is there a lot of cuts? I had issues with how many cuts there were. No, then you're you're right. There are a lot of cuts. So we get, no, this is when we get, yes, Giles is giving them more information. Willow, I, or Buffy, I do like this line. When Buffy's like, so Giles, got anything that could make this day any worse? He says, how about the end of the world? And she says, I knew I could count on you. Um, <laughs> yes. He tells them about like the Boca de Inferno. And that means, you know, the mouth of hell. Um and then they tell Buffy the history of the master, which again, Kirsten, like you said, is very hand wavy. Like, okay, sure, fine, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Buffy goes home. Joyce tells her she's not allowed to go out. Buffy packs her supplies, sneaks out a window, and we cut to the bronze. Do you know what I like here? Hmm. That that disappears later on. Buffy knows that she's going into a battle, right? Xander figures out immediately that it's going to be at the bronze, which again, I like that everybody is contributing something. Um, and uh, Buffy dresses practically. Yeah. She's wearing a very practical outfit. And a gray jacket. Yeah. yeah. And she's wearing like a, a t-shirt with good mo- good range of movement. You know, later on, even when she knows she's going into battle, I'm like, would you wear those shoes really? <laughs> but here, 
she still she still is like i i need i need some range of motion i'm not gonna wear a full length leather skirt <laughs> you know I, so, I i spent a lot of time making those figures for the chosen uh image and everyone is wearing like giant heels and like a chunky mm-hmm. a chunky heel or like a, a thin heel and i'm like well that's none of that is practical um mm-hmm. so yeah you are right she does dress a little bit more uh they they tried to do that. I feel like in the earlier seasons, like her Slayer outfit versus like yeah. her like regular school outfit. Yeah. Um, oh, and I actually really really like this scene too because you know she's got the confrontation with her mom. Um, her mom says everything is life or death when you're a 16 year old girl, and I feel like that's another thesis of the show mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because that's what it does, right? It's metaphor. You know, first love is so painful that it could potentially kill you. Right. Um, all of these things. It's like, I, I did, I underline, I wrote thesis statement. <laughs> um, but I also love another like great visual is she pulls out this chest and the top layer is all this girly stuff, all this very teenage, yeah. sweet, girly stuff, moves that aside. And underneath it all is just <laughs> weapons and ways to kill things. And like, there's Buffy. There's Buffy in a single image, which I think yeah. they did a lot of really, really good work in these two episodes. Yeah, I, I that's a good point, Kirsten. I hadn't thought of that. It really is like, look, this is her in this chest. There you go. <laughs> the show. Mm-hmm. This will be the show. Um, so we get we cut to the bronze. This is where the we have our climax. Um, we get Cordelia gives the really good line of she's like <laughs> randomly like ranting about why she dates senior boys. They have a car, blah blah blah. And then the girl at the table says like one thing, and Cordelia says, "I'm sorry." Uh, Miss Motormouth, can I get a sentence in? Can I finish a sentence? I'm like, that. God, I just slaughtered that line. <laughs> Hello, Miss Motormouth, can I get um, a sentence finished? That's the line. <laughs> yeah. She also says that like, when I go into a store, I, I don't want to buy the most expensive thing. Not because it's expensive, but because it costs more. <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh, Doug, doesn't that feel like something like a drag queen at brunch would say? <laughs> of course. Of course. Cordelia is like... <laughs> on 10 for these entire two episodes in a way that's so delightful. And I also like, I forget how often, so through the first like three seasons, just a massacre at the bronze happens so (laughs) regularly that I didn't realize like, Oh, the first, the first episode or the first two episodes, we get a massacre at the bronze. How fun. (laughs) It really is like a natural, like, oh, it must be a Wednesday. Everyone died last night at the bronze. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, so then the vampires all enter, um, and Darla brings Luke Cordelia to, like, eat on stage, and we get Buffy with her very good superhero entrance, where she throws one of the vampires off the balcony and says, I'm sorry, were you in the middle of something? Which is so good. I I just, I don't know, it's... I was I was thinking about this in terms of like, you know, I went Buffy was my first like really big genre show because I went from like mm-hmm. comic books to Buffy and, you know, I had X-Men animated series, but I feel like Buffy really makes sense as the next thing I went to because she's as quippy if not quippier than like Spider-Man or like some of the X-Men, you know, and like it's fun that she's just like being shitty while saving everyone, mm-hmm. right? And like, I know, especially now that's like the norm, but it really wasn't back then. Right. Mm -hmm. I also love that. Like everyone in the bronze is just standing there, hanging out, watching, (laughs) waiting for their turn to go up to the stage (laughs) and be killed. And there is a back entrance. There's an emergency exit that Giles and Xander and Willow have found 
but none of them while being like shoveled off to the side of the backstage had thought to like push against that emergency exit and try to get out of it. They just oh, wait for Giles to be like, come out this way. Like, didn't you look? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The people of Sunnydale um, are notoriously uh, just unable to handle things. And, uh, and I think that this is a good start for them uh, to show that they are, it is a pretty incompetent town. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they do like, they do actually do a good job of like, you know, doesn't, I think Giles even says, or Buffy says that that happens a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. That like when like monsters and demons come out, people just like do a little mental gymnastics to explain it away. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so Buffy saves Cordelia. We get Willow and Giles and Xander. They like to join to help. Oh, we get the throne symbol beheading, which how sharp were those symbols? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it is a classic, classic Buffy kill. It really, you know. It, it really is. And like, you know what? Right before that, we also get the pool stick kill before she like yeah. jumps up oh, to Luke. Yeah. And it's such yeah. a silly gag because it stays there for so long. Yes. Um, but I like it. I don't know. I also like Jesse's death. It's, it's funny. Like, you yes. think Xander's going to kill his friend, but then he just get bumped into him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's great. It's great. It, it really, really is. And, like, I love the image of after she's defeated Luke, she does her, like, stand there and intimidate and just kind of, like, gives dagger eyes to the other vampires and they yeah. run out. Which Ooh, but let's talk about her defeat of Luke. So we have the everything is lost moment oh, yes. where it looks like our heroes are being overrun. And then she gets her second wind, headbutts him. Um, and I love, love, loved this. Like, it's just so clever. She throws a piece of equipment through the window and light comes in and Luke is, uh, Luke is freaking out because, oh no, the sun. Right. <laughs> She's like, you forgot something, sunrise. Freaks out. She's like, it's in eight hours. <laughs> That's very hocus pocus. Yes, it's so funny. It's so good. It is very hocus pocus. That's true. Um, but I love it. Oh, like, yeah. It, it's funny. It gives her the perfect opening. And then we get to kill Luke, which thanks goodness, because he was so obnoxious with his, like, sermons. Yes, yes. A little a little Caleb-y almost, right, Kirsten? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like, you know, his, he, like, his, like, fake scripture that he was always quoting, like, yeah. oh, like, die, Luke. And, you know, he calls her, like, girl a whole lot and whatever. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, then we get Buffy's power pose, which is so great. We see the master being very upset. Yes. Um, and then Angel has been creeping outside the entire time <laughs> without helping. Doing he was literally nothing. just standing outside the bronze next to the watcher step sign and is like, huh, good job. She did it. Like, okay, bud. Thanks. In what will sort of become a motif of season one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I feel like it's that meme, well, not even a meme, the literal screenshot that always goes around with, uh, from Sailor Moon with Tuxedo Mask, where he's like, my work here is done. And she's like, you didn't do anything. Like, <laughs> yes. that really is Angel in season one. Um, yeah. And then we get like, you know, they're like, did we win? We averted the apocalypse for sure. And like, nothing will ever be the same, which I, I feel like, and I say this, and I don't mean this in a native, but we do get the thesis over and over again. So we do, we will know what the show will be moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. And they do a good job of like every other scene in these first two episodes is showing you and telling you what the show will be moving forward. Yeah, it's true. Um, I, I still think like Anthony Oliveira made a really good point. Um, I think it was the opening to season five. Is that the one with Dracula? Yeah. 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 
um, where he said this it, it was a, it's a perfect season opener because it establishes all the themes of that season in one episode. You see all the dynamics that are going to play mm. out and all the themes and all the relationships. And I think that this this you know these two episodes do that. You see the relationships being set up. You see the dynamics. You see, you know, it's telling you what the show is going to be. And yeah, that cut, like nothing's going to be the same. And then literally everything is the same. Like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's great. It's super great. It's so funny. Yeah. So the next, we cut to the next day at Sunnydale, uh, Sunnydale High, and like Xander and Buffy here, Cordelia recapping what happened. <laughs> um, and she's just like, what did she say? It was a gang. And like somehow they knew Buffy. Um, yeah. Doesn't give Buffy credit for saving her at all. Xander says, the dead rose, we should at least have an assembly. (laughs) 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 Um, And then we get them like discussing and even another another thesis is Giles. I forget who says more vampires and he's like, not just vampires. And he like lists Uh other things, which we know, you know what? It's only two seasons that the big bads are actually vampires. Yeah, just the first two. And then. Then it's other bigger demons each time. Um, yeah. until we, we get also to- get great foreshadowing where Buffy's like, I'm gonna try and get kicked out of school, yes. and I <laughs> say, Maybe you could blow something up. And Doug, what is the line that Giles gives as he walks away, which is the same line he gives in Chosen? I'm gonna fail this test. Ah! I'm gonna fail this test. <laughs> the earth is doomed. <laughs> Yes, there you go, Jamie. Ah. We got each other back. (laughs) Thank you. I got him. Did you guys, having just watched Chosen, did you get emotional? Because, like, I definitely teared up a bit. Yes. I I did. I was like, oh, because I I do love that scene in Chosen. And I like that it's just a little different. He says the earth is definitely doomed Mm -hmm. in Chosen. Like, I, Mm -hmm. and I, but I remember catching that when I watched it live and being like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, and I think it's a very good, like, uh, silly beat to end on um, to make sure we all know it's not, this is lighthearted on purpose. Like, right? Mm-hmm. All right, now that we're at the end, favorite scene from Welcome to the Hellmouth, Jamie? Oh, gosh. Um, I, ah, it's tough because there's so many good ones, but I, I think it's probably um, either, I think it's Giles and Buffy meeting because I just I love their relationship and and it and it kicks off so well to what it's going to be not necessarily when he whips out the book but like their their next the, their big yeah, scene yeah. in the library uh together mm-hmm. when she's you know just talking about it's like the first time she's just like I'm just trying to live my friggin' high school life and then of course it comes yeah. back in Prophecy Girl so intensely um and uh, I just I just love surrogate father figures uh, like very much like Coulson and Daisy on Agents of Shield, uh, it's it's one of my favorite tropes. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was your favorite scene in The Harvest? Oh, um, probably when I'm I'm stalling for time to think about it. I didn't prepare <laughs> my answer for this question, so I'm going <laughs> to say, uh, shoot, um, the oh, the end. It's the it's the final scene. Um, be- okay. absolutely the final scene. Um, and I do like that it really sets up how much the first two sh- episodes are like. It feels like later Buffy, where it's like you know a two parter, big apocalypse thing. But then it's like, but this is going to be a monster of the week show for a while, and that's how yeah. it kind of sets up in the end and i really like the the finale of that uh doug what was your favorite scene in both episodes 
probably it, so in Welcome to the Hellmouth, I think it's that scene where Buffy sort of like approaches Willow eating lunch outside and mm. talks to her only because like I think I don't key into that friendship as being as central as it is, but you watch that episode and it's so like it says so much about Buffy as a character that she chooses Willow and chooses to sit down to her and be kind to her and bring her out of her shell. It's just really like sweet to watch while being really funny. And I think immediately endears you to both of them Mm -hmm. in a way that like carries you through seven years, I think. And Doug, then in the second you're episode, making emotional. Probably... That's that's really accurate. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. But keep going. <laughs> no, and then in the second episode, I think it is that like library scene after they're all back, where you get sort of like they're doing recon in the library. They're strategizing. Willow is immediately sort of like, "I'm gonna hack the internet. I'm gonna hack the net and tell you a solution." <laughs> Buffy is like being smart and intuitive and contributing things that you get a sense of like, Oh, these are how each of these four of these people are going to function into a unit. And I think it sets that dynamic up extremely well. That sort of like dynamic that is the, the sort of like spell that they do at the end of season four of like, sort Mm -hmm. of like head, Mm -hmm. hard fist, whatever that you've Mm -hmm. got like, Oh, these are, this is how this unit is going to work lovely each of these people are bringing something to the table even xander in his own xander way <laughs> uh Kirsten? um uh, i mean they're all such great episodes i do i do just really love is they, they again the character work they do with buffy is so great with you know with the scene with willow and and all those things so i do yeah. love when she pulls breaks into the uh locker room pulls back the blanket and her response is oh great like <laughs> It's so great. It's such a great moment. And then in the harvest, I mean, setting aside the end scene, which is so wonderful. I do love the the power pose. I love the way she's lit. Yeah. I love the way she stares out. I love that the vampires are like, oh no, we're gonna die. Um, because again, like there's just so many, so many moments, so many details that set up the rest of the series perfectly, and that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um I think I Doug, I want you to know that you have convinced me that actually my favorite scene in Welcome to the Hellmouth is that Willow Buffy scene. <laughs> it's just so it's so good how like she uh, it's an active choice. Yeah. yeah. It's the yeah. easiest thing for her to do is to be friends with Cordelia and she makes an active decision that she like sees this girl and wants to be friends with her. Mm-hmm. And like knows it will affect her standing with said popular girl and doesn't like care right mm-hmm. um yeah so i'm gonna go with that and then for the harvest I, the computer lab scene because i love seeing willow get her own agency which doesn't mean that i thought she was poorly written before it just she's like building this confidence to have it and i like to see that um favorite outfit from each episode uh kirsten um, I hate Xander's mushroom shirt in the first episode so much that I actually wrote it into my Buffy series. Um, it has a cameo. Wait, they're, really? They're, yes, there nobody ever picked up on it, which is fine. It was a very subtle cameo. <laughs> um, so they're they're looking in the back portion of the castle where it's disused and there's just a bunch of junk, mm-hmm. and they find a shirt and they can't figure out if it was originally patterned with mushrooms or it has just grown with mushrooms. <laughs> um, I really hate mushrooms. So yeah. Um, also, 
uh, Jesse's shirt in the quad scene when they're outside. I made the comment. I'm like, all of their shirts are seven sizes too big. And my daughter, who is a senior in high school, was like, yeah, mom, teenagers at my school wear shirts that are too big, including me. And I was like, oh, okay, sorry. It has come back. <laughs> it has come full circle, yes. Uh, Doug, what were your favorite outfits? So Cordelia has like a black and sheer striped blouse when you first meet her. Yes. That is really sort of like chic and cute and adorable. It's a little old for her in the way that they sort of dress Cordelia like a little bit of a 35-year-old throughout the first like honestly three seasons. But it's really <laughs> it's great and it's a good look. Um, Buffy in in The Harvest has like the, the outfit that she's wearing when she goes to the bronze, she's got like a ponytail that she sort of like spreads out in a yes. way that like I think only existed in the late 90s. That is, mm-hmm. um, the leather jacket is great, but I love this like spread bouncy ponytail thing that she's doing that is fun <laughs> and cute and great. I like that that's what you like the most is the weird ponytail. Um, Jamie. Listen, I, I, I am an Ariana Grande fan who loves a pony. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> I probably personally would wear that mushroom shirt because I like to be loud. Uh, but my <laughs> but my favorite, I love Buffy's first day of school outfit. It's just such it's so yeah. iconic. Buffy, the boots, the skirt, and uh, I just all of her outfits in the first two seasons are are so, so specific. And I hate her season three look where she becomes more like pink and bright colors. And I know that's to co- contrast her with Faith, but um, but like mm-hmm. I, it just I, I get so mad when she loses the sense of style that she has in the first two seasons. Um, but that, but that very first, like that's, that's in, you know, the first day of high school, I wore a Pulp Fiction t-shirt. I wasn't really like, and I'm like, why didn't I, why was that what I chose to wear my very first day of high school? I'll never forget that that was what I did. Um, but, and then the second episode, I love that jacket she wears. I would, I would wear the Mm -hmm. heck out of that jacket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I go back and forth. I really like Cordelia's blue is that like a maxi dress that she's wearing to the bronze in the first episode? Is that what you call that? I don't know. Um, but I like that like blue colored dress. I think it looks very cute on her, but I also do really like Buffy's first day of school outfit. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot going on, but I like it. Um, and for the harvest, I actually, the beginning of the episode when she goes to the library, she's wearing like that black top that like both the black and white top she wears in the harvest have like perfect cut whatever collars so that the cross sits perfectly mm-hmm. like not on the shirt um yeah and i think she looks great i think i think she looks very good in black but i'm also like someone in black um and the the black outfit she's got those sunglasses when she's like hopping yes over the yeah very funny sunglasses i love those type of sunglasses um now we're going to bring back a question that i haven't asked in a while um but i did at least tell you all about um what do we think Dawn would have been doing in these two episodes since the Scoobies, the Scoobies memories, she did exist in these episodes. Uh, Jamie, you first, what do you think Dawn would have been doing? Oh gosh. Um, she is, she's, I'm trying to think of, um, of like what movie 1997 movie she'd be watching. And I like to think that she's like watching Batman and Robin somewhere. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, uh, just really, uh, just living, living her, her, uh, floaty key life. Uh, uh, (laughs) hanging out, eating some popcorn. Uh, that's, that's my choice. (laughs) All right. Uh, Kirsten, what do you think? Okay. So in the move, 
her mom packed up her Tamagotchi and she couldn't find it. So while they were moving, her Tamagotchi died. And so she's searching boxes. She found her Tamagotchi. It's got the X's for eyes. It's dead in the center of a circle of poop. And she's <laughs> devastated. She's super mad at her mom. She's also mad at Buffy, even though it probably had nothing to do with Buffy, but it's still probably Buffy's mm. fault somehow. Um, so she's been <laughs> in her room reviving her Tamagotchi and just really upset over how her whole life was ruined and her Tamagotchi was killed because Buffy couldn't keep it together. I want everyone to know, I forgot to tell Kirsten we're doing this question. I think I texted her like an hour before recording and she was like, how old would Dawn be? Great, got it. I know what she'd be doing. <laughs> I, I didn't realize until just now that it's like, oh, this is the, we have, they all have memories of Dawn. So I, I like didn't, I'm like, oh, I, I misunderstood the assignment, but I'm still sticking with my answer because I was seven yeah. in 1997 and I was watching Batman and Robin and being obsessed with it. So that's what I, I'm sticking <laughs> with my answer. That's fair. Uh, rude to remind me how much older I am than you. Uh, um, <laughs> Lisa, listen, I'm 32. I'm living my best life. <laughs> uh, Doug, what do you think Dawn would have been doing? She's what? She's a second or third grader right now. So yeah. she can, so she's in struggling. fourth or fifth. Oh. So she's struggling through, I think, long division or something <laughs> at a, a new year in school but she is also because long division is really hard for her she is teaching herself ancient turkish in between <laughs> she is both learning ancient turkish which will come in handy in season seven and she's also like fucking terrible at long division and that's the duality of dawn <laughs> Done. Uh, that was really good um I, so i said she would have Mine was like less specific. You all had better answers than me. <laughs> so I said that in Welcome to Helma, the only scene she would have been in would be bringing Buffy to school. And when Buffy's commenting, when Buffy is commenting on her own outfits, I think it would have been Dawn commenting on the outfits instead, oh. but like doing silly younger sister insults about them. Like, oh, mm -hmm. that makes you look like this. That makes you look stupid. You look like mom or like mm -hmm. shit like that. And then in The Harvest, um, that she, what did I put? The Dawn would have been only been in the episode to nag Buffy when Buffy like is trying to leave when she's trying to like get her supplies that Dawn would have been. And maybe uh, talking about her Tamagotchi and complaining to Buffy about it <laughs> as Buffy's trying to get her like Slayer supplies and go. Um, all right. What grade do we give these episodes? Kirsten? I mean, a, I, a you yeah. know, for, yeah, they didn't know who Angel was and yeah, the mythology is very hand wavy, but they, they tell you what the series is so clearly and so well. They set up Buffy and the Scooby gang so clearly and so well. I mean, yeah, fun, funny. I think they nailed it. All right. All right. Uh, Jamie? Yeah, I, I, hey, I agree. I just think that um, for a pi pilots aren't easy and, you know, you got to introduce all these characters and I, I just think that they they did such a good job of of telling you what this show was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Doug? I hate pilots and I also like when I tell people to start rewatching, I basically tell them to start with when she was bad and go from there like yeah. skip season one and it's an entirety and so i was shocked to rewatch this and be like firm a everything <laughs> is like everything is there that needs to be there i loved watching this um and i am as shocked as anybody that it's an a <laughs> i yeah i thought you were gonna be like well i hate i hate pilots and i hated this um <laughs> no yeah, I, why don't you know me stop <laughs> this <laughs> Doug, let's not break up in the middle of the record at the end of the recording. <laughs> um, I give it. I 
See, I'm, I give A and B. I give A to Welcome to Hellmouth the B to Harvest. Because even in our discussion, we talked way less about the Harvest. There's like less to yeah, discuss. True. Um, and like you mentioned, Kirsten, there are a lot of cuts. It's like back to mm-hmm. Sunnydale, back to the tunnels, back to Sunnydale, back to the master, back to the house. Yeah. Um, and there's, it, I do like it, but it's there's just a lot of that where it's, it's almost like the info dumps are less, it's like we get them without the jokes as much this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is because there's a lot more they need to do. Um, but so that's, I still like it. You know, B isn't bad. Um, all right. Well, thank you all for joining us. Kirsten, isn't this wild? We you, Your first episode was in season four. Now look at us now. <laughs> back to season one. All the way back. Um, and Doug and Jamie, thank you both for coming on. Um, we are going to be talking about certain Buffy episodes for their 25th anniversary. Um, and then in June, we'll be getting to Angel. But if you're in New York this weekend... On the 13th, March 13th, come see us at Stonewall for Slayerfest 98's live show celebrating the 25th anniversary. We'll be talking about these episodes and have some drag numbers. And you'll probably watch me get pretend uh, bit by a vampire on stage. Um, And if you like Slayerfest 98, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. We are at SlayerFestX98 on all social media platforms, TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you want to support us on Patreon... I've been saying this every episode, but I promise this month we are starting season two of Harley Quinn for the Patreon. Um, we did a bunch of episodes with my mom where I talked about the uh, all of season seven. She actually asked me if we could do a little bit of season one after. Um, so we're going to be doing a few of episodes of that and we're covering What If. And the support is much appreciated. And if you want to follow me, I am at Ian X Carlos. Kirsten, where can everyone find you? I am the president of Ian's Mom's Fan Club. <laughs> um, so if you want to join that, DM they talk you? to each other through text, and it's very cute. Kirsten, yeah, <laughs> I don't think I told you this, but in our recording for End of Days, I mentioned something you said, and my mom goes, oh, I love Kirsten White. Everyone should buy her books, as if like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love her so <laughs> it was much. very cute. Um, so speaking of my books, yeah, you can find me on the shelves of your local bookstore. I'm on Twitter at Kirsten White. You can find me at KirstenWhite.com or on Instagram at author Kirsten White. And Jamie, where can everyone find you and find all the podcasts you co-host? Oh, I am uh, Jamie Cinematics on Twitter and Letterboxd. I love Letterboxd, so follow me on there. Um, and uh, our podcasts are, you know, the, all the places that podcasts can be found. We uh, For Phase Zero, uh, Wednesdays at 9 um, uh, Pacific Time, we are on live on Twitch. And uh, it's always a really fun time. We're talking about Marvel. Just always talking about Marvel. That's my whole life is yeah. talking about Marvel. <laughs> And an occasional Buffy break. (laughs) Please, give me all the Buffy breaks. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Douglas, where can everyone find you um, trolling on the internet? I'm the president of Ian's fan club, not his mother. <laughs> so if you would like to join that, you can reach out to me at P-S-C-H-L-A-R-M at Pishlarm on wherever. And uh, you can follow me for unhinged ranting about politics and probably Real Housewives. <laughs> and sometimes Buffy. All right. Well, um, yeah. happy 25th anniversary, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Bye.